0: KYW original podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In-Depth on the radio.com app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
1: The coronavirus
0: pandemic from KYW In-Depth. I'm Carol McKenzie. The Adventure Aquarium in Camden, New Jersey is closed, which means there's no money coming through its doors. But the animals still have to be fed and cared for, and there's a dedicated skeleton staff doing just that. Vince Nicoletti is the executive director at Adventure, and I called him to see how they're doing. So these are challenging times, to say the least, for businesses. Um, You are, of course, closed to the public, but unlike other businesses, you can't just shut your doors and kind of walk away and then come back when things start to return to normal because you have a lot of animals to take care of. So could you start out by telling us a little bit about the aquarium? How many animals do you have?
1: Sure. Uh, We've got a collection of over 8,000. It is, uh, as you said, definitely a, a difficult time uh, you know, I think we're all feeling isolated and stretched. Uh, but one of the things uh, that makes a huge difference is the, the team that we have here on the ground. From the business office to the operators, the animal care teams, we're just really fortunate. And one of the things that makes the biggest difference is that, you know, animal care folks are among the most passionate professionals that I've ever had the pleasure to work uh, alongside. These folks have a deep-rooted purpose. Uh, We see this every day, uh, but in crisis, it really shines. Uh, This isn't a job for them. It's not even a career. It's a purpose. So when they're driven by such purpose, that puts a lot of gas in the tank. Now, that's not to say that you know everything's a breeze right now. It certainly isn't. In fact, it's more the opposite. But um, you know, we've got a a small team of on-site essential personnel. They're carrying the load. Uh, and they're giving deeply of themselves just to make sure that the animals are doing just as well uh, as ever. It's pretty interesting. You know, even though we're closed, as you mentioned, um, you know, the animals uh, still need care. Uh, they're still getting enrichment. They're getting socialization. Uh, they're even getting to wander around the facility a little bit. Theo, our african crested porcupine, is out exploring say, the— I saw yeah, the porcupine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's out all week, so folks can head over to Facebook and uh, and see him out and about. Uh, You know, we're also trying to be creative with the way that we're providing enrichment and engaging uh, the animals. Our African penguin colony has started a book club uh, to keep themselves entertained (laughs) throughout the closure. So uh, one of our our bird and mammal biologists, you know, reads a new children's story uh, to the colony every Monday. They're calling it Cliff's Picks. Uh, Cliff is our oldest African penguin. He's 32. Um, So uh, folks can head over to Facebook and and see him uh, and uh, Cliff's Picks every Monday as well.
0: So who is inside the aquarium taking care of all of these animals. Can you give me an idea of staff numbers and and what these people are doing?
1: Yeah, we've got uh, an on-site essential team uh, of just just over 20. Um, They are comprised of uh, a curator, uh, assistant curators, and uh, biologists. Uh, We do have a few facilities people uh, on staff making sure that Uh, All essential life support systems are running and, uh, you know, that they're there for not only uh, break and fix maintenance, but for uh, preventative maintenance uh, as well. So we have a team of uh, roughly 150. Uh, So you can do the math in terms of where we ended up from a from a furlough perspective. So one of the the biggest challenges for us uh, with the COVID situation is the uncertainty. We just don't have visibility. On when we're going to be able to open. So there are a lot of moving parts here with the federal and the state governments. Uh, We continue to rely on the CDC. Uh, We're hearing uh, from the health department. Uh, We're also watching others in the industry. Now, Disney has operations in Asia. Uh, They're a few weeks ahead of us in managing through the crisis out there. So based on what we've seen, though, it doesn't seem like they anticipate opening in the U.S. uh, anytime soon. So since we didn't have uh, visibility on when we're going to be able to reopen, uh, essentially we've gone into a, a hibernation mode. So that's caused us to make some some pretty hard decisions, uh, particularly in the case of staffing. You know, to answer your question more specifically, you know, it's about two-thirds of our full-time staff and all of our part-time staff, a team of about 125 people altogether, uh, have, been, uh, have been furloughed. Uh, all remaining team members have taken up to a, a 50% reduction uh, in salary. So, you know, deciding to furlough instead of laying off team members was important to us. Folks on furlough, as you know, have access to unemployment benefits uh, and uh, we're able to continue to provide health care coverage. So uh, we're also paying 100 percent of premiums uh, over the next few months to provide that additional level of support. Uh, Really, at the end of the day, you know, this isn't about reducing expenses. It's really more about cash flow. Uh, When the aquarium is closed, uh, we just don't have the ability to be payroll, uh, you know we're kind of getting hit hard on both sides of the P and L. If you look at it from a business perspective, uh, I, you know I think we all agree that very few businesses are immune to the to the financial impact of the ep- epidemic. But some are able to generate revenues at least at a reduced capacity. All revenue at the aquarium is generated through admissions, memberships, uh, on-site sales like food and beverage, event rentals, and sponsorships. So with the exception of membership, uh, there's uh, virtually no revenue streams uh, in continuity with the closure. So, uh, you know, there's virtually no income being generated throughout the shutdown. And where zoos and aquariums are going to be most challenged through the shutdown is in fixed costs. Uh, We'll continue to provide excellence in animal care, whether we're open or closed. Uh, For the past 28 years, Adventure Aquarium has been accredited by the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. That's the gold standard. You know, we have roughly $350,000 in operating costs each month, even in hibernation mode. Uh, So, you know, we need our teams of biologists, our vets, our dive safety folks. We also need those facility folks to ensure like I said before, that the infrastructure life support systems continue to operate uh, at peak efficiency. We need animal food, we need bed supplies, medicine, water quality supplies, uh, parts for maintenance and repairs. It just takes a lot uh, to maintain the aquarium so you can kind of start to see uh, what we're dealing with um, from a strain perspective. It
0: it really is mind-boggling, Vince, and I'm wondering, how long can you continue this? Because you said your, your revenue stream is completely – it's like somebody turned the faucet, just turned it off.
1: <laughs> it is. Well, we have, we have a couple things uh, that, uh, that do help and that are in our favor. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't uh, know this but we're actually uh, a family business. Uh, our aquarium, along with Newport Aquarium in Kentucky, uh, in Kentucky, are all part of uh, Hershen Family Entertainment. Uh, we own and operate uh, these aquariums as well as theme parks and attractions in Tennessee, Missouri, Georgia, uh, Arizona. Uh, we're still family-held. We're not a publicly traded company, and it's the intent to be that way uh, in uh, perpetuity. Uh, but because we have this relationship, we're able to Share some resources and some services, uh, but we're in similar situations across the entire organization. So no one's really insulated. Now, where the silver lining is is that you know these uh, these parks and these properties will progress at different levels based on uh, their locale, right? So uh, our park in uh, Tennessee uh, is in Pigeon Forge. uh, It's Dollywood. Uh, Dollywood is um, you know fairly removed uh, from uh, uh, population centers. Uh, Silver Dollar. City, uh, we have a park in Branson, which is um, uh, also fairly removed from population centers. So, uh, so while you know we may uh, experience a particularly longer closure than some of these other properties, you know we we've got the benefit of kind of the overarching company to soften uh, some of that uh, some of that challenge.
0: So, have you been able to get any government help?
1: Well, you know, a lot of folks remember the aquarium as the New Jersey State Aquarium. Now, the aquarium opened as a state facility in 1992, but it was privatized about a decade later. So the physical aquarium building remains the property of the state, uh, but that's about the extent of the state's involvement. Uh, We maintain all operating and capital expenses on the facility. Uh, The state doesn't contribute financially to our operation, and we don't receive any government funding. And then what I just told you about uh, being a larger company, uh, since we have employees in other states and uh, different facilities, we were over the 500 employee max for the SBA loan. Um, so, you know, we really do uh, uh, count on, uh, on the patronage of guests uh, to continue to operate.
0: Yeah, I was wondering about that. You might be too big. Is there any way the public can help?
1: You know, the, the best way for folks to really help is to join us and become a member. You know, members uh, belong. It kind of goes beyond the transactional. It really gets to the core of partnering with us to, to make a difference. Not only do members um, support the aquarium, but, they, you know, they get a full year of visits as well. There's no risk. We're extending uh, all memberships right now uh, for the amount of days that we're closed. So, you know, guests can purchase now and be assured that they're going to get a full year on their membership. Uh, not only does it help support the aquarium, but it really does help us with the cash flow um, you know, during the closure. So uh, in addition to our regular memberships, we're particularly excited about our new pre-K pass. Uh, which gives kids under uh, five free unlimited visits to the aquarium for an entire year, absolutely free, no charge. This was kind of a strategic move uh, on the part of the aquarium uh, to really attempt to work well uh, within our core demographic. About 70 percent of our attendance is young families. You know, small children experience the aquarium in such an enriching way. You know, they're filled with wonder. We hope that we can partner with parents to build that wonder into a lifelong love for the underwater world. So folks can head over to the website uh, right now and register their kids for the pre-K pass product uh, and also purchase their memberships and, and help us through the closure.
0: What do you think the long-term effects are going to be on your operation from this?
1: Well, you know, I think that Uh, I'll speak a little bit broader and just maybe say the industry and everybody else. I think that folks are going to be looking for confidence that institutions like ours have taken steps to keep their families safe. You know, there's going to be a new normal, uh, at least until we we have a vaccine. So you're going to see many facilities making adjustments to capacity to reduce crowding. Uh, You'll also see social distancing standards supported through the operation, things like queue spacing, increased opportunities for hand washing, uh, limiting cash transactions, new sanitation Schedules, staff using PPE. um, You know, I think that there's going to be a lot uh, that's going to be the new normal. Uh, Everyone out there right now is evaluating thermal scanning, temperature taking for both um, team members and guests. You know, I think that we've all got the right focus here, but I think what's important is that we continue to get our guidance from the experts at the CDC and the Department of Health.
0: And I assume that's what you're talking about how, you know, how you're going to resume operations when you
1: are able to open. Um, do you have a date yet? Well, we we don't, not at this time. I mean, like most organizations, we've built a handful of models and forecasts, but the simple answer is that we're going to open as soon as it's safe to do so. Um, You know, we're again, going to wait on that direction from the experts. um, And we also need to be a good partner with the state and local government. No one is more excited to welcome our teams and our guests back than myself, but we've got the responsibility to do the right thing, keep everybody safe and, and be a good community partner.
0: The one thing I don't know if people realize that you guys do events too. I don't know if you can put a number on how many events you've lost because of the pandemic. If you can give us an idea of the events that you've lost, and are are people, you know, planning out? Are are people saying, okay, you know what? We're, what we're willing to plan for next summer or the winter or whatever?
1: Yeah, we we do about five million dollars in event business, and you know, for for us. Um, that's that's a core component uh, of our overall overall revenue model. You know, I, I think that what we're going to see is uh, that the trend is going to follow a lot uh, of the, the state mandates. Um, you know, when we first kind of got into the situation, um, you know, and part of the challenge with this is that the information is just changing so fast. Uh, you know, but when we first got into the situation, they were calling for uh, limiting gatherings to 250. Uh, That dropped to 50. Um, And, you know, who knows where we're going to be kind of coming out of this. Uh, Governor Murphy's addressed uh, Monday before last, I believe it was, Uh, you know, he he made a a, a comment referencing, uh, you know, not seeing the ability to do concerts in any time in the near future. Um, And so uh, it really uh, is going to come down to being a a good partner with the state uh, and then again taking the guidance from the experts. Um, But, you know, I I do think already in the business, we've just seen a push um, of weddings, weddings and a lot of those prom businesses to later, uh, either uh, alternating years or moving some of those weddings into the shoulder seasons. You know, I think the guest is a little bit more bullish uh, than, uh, than the government seems to be at this moment. Uh, but uh, it's going to be up to institutions like ours to really just be good community partners and continue to follow the guidance of the experts. What about your conservation efforts? Yeah, you know, those things will continue and they won't change. I mean, conservation is kind of at the core of Uh, who we are, and conservation is really more about the decisions that uh, we're making on a day-to-day basis. You know, one of the core initiatives that we really uh, support and build ourselves around is the issue of single-use plastics. You know, that's one of the biggest issues affecting our oceans today. Uh, Things like uh, plastic bags, water bottles, uh, plastic straws, you know, simple changes really do uh, make a big difference. Uh, switching to a reusable shopping bag, uh, eliminating that straw from your beverage, uh, or switching to a refillable water bottle are some of the things that we can do to make a difference, whether or not the aquarium is opened or closed. Uh, you know, we're we're going to continue to uh, support and provide resources to our partners, uh, our conservation partners. We support a handful. Um, you know, we've uh, one in particular is the Turtle Hippo Trust uh, in Africa. Uh, Those will be things that will continue through the closure and they will continue on into the future.
0: And I know you said, you know, you have a dedicated staff. How are they holding up? How are they holding up emotionally and how are they holding up physically?
1: Is everybody well? Everybody is well. Everybody is well. We've been blessed thus far. Uh, I think a lot of that comes down to uh, the strategy in which we've populated the teams uh, for a while and especially during the early onset. Uh, We had alternating teams on property uh, with thorough disinfection between the arrival of each team. Uh, So, you know, a lot of operational consideration and and decision making went into those plans. Uh, You know, from, from a mental perspective, I think it's as you'd expect. You know, everybody's working really hard right now. Uh, as I mentioned uh, earlier, uh, you know, the furlough has uh, impacted a large part of the organization. Uh, these aren't just co-workers uh, to these people. These are friends. Uh, these are, are battle buddies, folks they're alongside of every day. Uh, so that, uh, you know, there's some sometimes there's a little bit of. Um, either, either survivor guilt. Why am I here and why hasn't, uh, 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 why didn't this other, this other team member make the cut? But at the end of the day, I'll go back to the passion of these animal care team. I really do think that that puts a lot of gas in the tank for these people. You know, one of the biggest challenges uh, that our furloughed animal care team had was not being able to see their animals, um, and it just really exemplifies the passion uh, that these guys have uh, for the animals in our care.
0: That must have been those must have been really tough decisions for you to make.
1: I, I'll, I'll honestly say that uh, this has been the most difficult um, uh, a few months in my entire career.
0: And how long have you been doing this?
1: Uh, about twenty years. Okay.
0: So, what you, you we, we mentioned a little bit in the beginning, what you're doing to stay virtually connected with the public to, to keep people interested and to give them peeks at animals? So. Can you talk a little bit more about what you're doing on Facebook and and the videos you've put on there? My favorite frankly was the hippos
1: with the hose. <laughs> but I love hippos. I am
0: fascinated with it. By hippos.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you uh, know, uh, we're the only, actually, we're the only aquarium in the world to exhibit Nile hippopotamus, which is a lot of folks don't know. Right here in your backyard in Philadelphia and South Jersey, uh, you have the only aquarium to exhibit hippopotamus uh, in the world. Uh, you know, so, social media has really been a great resource in keeping connected with the community through all of this. I think that you're seeing a lot of that, not just from a Venture Aquarium, but a lot of community institutions uh, as well. Um, but one thing that's been really interesting, it's given us the ability to provide a lot of educational content for parents uh, who are taking on homeschooling. We know how difficult uh, that can be. So we're trying to do our part to help. Uh, we posted worksheets, behind-the-scenes videos, uh, all kinds of educational content for kids, uh, but also uh, potentially a little reprieve for parents. So, uh, you know, we are staying, attentive to stay connected. We've got daily posts through video content. We've got, uh, as I mentioned, the worksheets. Uh, we even have uh, moments of solace uh, where you can just uh, log on and, and watch Gamora, our octopus, just kind of hang out for a few minutes uh, and relax and take a deep breath. So uh, social media has really been a great way to stay uh, in touch with our uh, with our community and our, and our guests.
0: That octopus is very mesmerizing, and in a <laughs> <laughs> um, but but what about your newest addition? That adorable little blue baby penguin. Have you picked a name? Yeah, we
1: we actually the guests to pick the name. So, uh, we have 41%, we, uh, had a winner, a clear winner, uh, for the guest name, uh, uh, is the name of the, uh, uh, new little blue chick, uh, at adventure aquarium, uh, back in 2016, we welcomed a small colony of little blue penguins, uh, from, uh, from the beaches of, uh, Australia. Uh, most, Folks don't uh, realize that a lot of our penguins come from warm weather climates. Uh, little blue uh, penguins are one of those. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this year we've actually had our first little blue chick, which we're very, very excited about. As soon as we open up, we're going to encourage guests to come and uh, say hello to baby Or.
0: Well, Vince, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time. And we wish you guys the best of luck. You're operating under really, really difficult conditions right now.
1: Well, we, we truly appreciate that. You know, we're a part of the community here, uh, and we know everyone's just as excited and anxious to get back to real life uh, uh, as us. Um, and, you know, we're in this together. We'll make it happen.
0: That's it for this episode of KYW In Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic, or if you just want to know more than what you're hearing on the news right now, if you want to go a little deeper, if you want to know, how this could change your life or your routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Carol McKenzie, and we'll have another episode out soon.